Good to have you back. Bill Michael Show. On the air, and uh, glad you're with us today, as always, every day, but today specifically because uh, you got some Brewers baseball, which means if you're listening to the program, you probably got the Brewers on somewhere, and then somewhere else you have us, and uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, our guy from SB Nation, Mark Schofield, uh, joining us uh, over on the hotline. Mark, how you been? I'm doing well, Bill. It is great to be with you again. Great to have actual NFL games to talk about. Happy week one to you and yours. Uh, I, I'm going to jump right into it because it affects my fantasy team, but Travis Kelsey not playing, uh, if that's a possibility. Now, they haven't said anything. They just said he's questioned was it right now, but how much does that affect the Chiefs coming up on Thursday night? I mean, it's a big loss for them, and I would be surprised if he plays. You know, we heard the word yesterday that the ACL was intact, which is always like good news, but – you know, to have this happen on a short week for them with a game Thursday night, you know, the Chiefs need Travis Kelsey the entire season. They don't need to rush him back, so they'll probably take their time with him. But we're talking about a player that led the team in targets, led the team in receptions, led the team in receiving yards a season ago. He's a big part of what they do in the passing game. You know, I think the Chiefs will still be able to win that game, even if he is held out, as I believe he will be. You know, but it's going to, for those that have – Travis Kelsey roster on fantasy teams like yourself, and I've got him on a couple of teams. Probably going to want to look elsewhere for tight end production. Even if he comes back, he'll probably be limited. I'd be surprised to see him go, like I said. Even if he comes back, he'd be limited. I think if you're looking at him from a fantasy perspective, you look elsewhere in week one. Um, then you go to the other side, and you got Chris Jones, who is out. So, which, you know, he's not coming back anytime soon until he gets that contract. And they, you know, they're at a stalemate, I guess, would be uh, the best term for all of this. I mean, you got two key players on that team against the team in the Lions who, you know, Mark, we all keep saying, will the real Lions please stand up? I mean, do they, last year, they walked a little bit. They proved that they can win some ball games in tough situations. And now they're picked. So, can they withstand the pressure of actually being picked and actually having a target on them? They're taking on a very good uh, Kansas City team, but without Chris Jones, and who knows, like you said, he may be on a pitch count in Travis Kelsey. With those two guys not being maybe on the field consistently, uh, do all of a sudden the Lions step up and shock the world? I mean, they could. I still think as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you're going to find ways to win games. But I do think that going forward, you know, certainly Kelsey's injury is something to monitor, but the Chris Jones situation is big because one of the questions – facing this Chiefs team coming into the season was what are they going to get up front on defense? What are they going to get in terms of a pass rush? Are they going to be able to pressure the opposing quarterback? Because in all likelihood, with Mahomes and company, you're going to have a lot of leads, but you need to be able to get after the quarterback to be able to put pressure on the opposing passer to salt those games away. With Jones out of the lineup, that's going to be big for Kansas City. As for Detroit, you know, I think they keep this one close. I th- you know, I saw the line went from 6.5 to 5.5 with the Kelsey News yesterday. I think it's now a field goal type of game. Could Detroit pull it out? Certainly. But it's tough for me, even without Kelsey, even with Jones sidelined, to bet against Mahomes, particularly on, you know, with this environment. It's like Thursday night, season opener, raising the banner, all of that stuff. It's going to be an electric environment. I think that might be enough on Thursday night. But I do think that Detroit keeps this one close, and I do think that the Lions are going to be a very good team. I do think they live up to those expectations, as you described. 
Talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation. Now some of the other games on the docket. Obviously, that's the one on Thursday night. You got a couple of good ones, though. You got the Bengals and the Browns. And Cincinnati, they have a quarterback that's ailing. He seems to be coming back to practice like he's going to be ready to go. But they're on the road. And Deshaun Watson and the Browns with a full offseason looking to make a name for themselves. Uh, is this one of those scary games when you look at it? You think this should be a roll by Cincinnati, but just uh, kind of like hold hold the phone for a minute? Yeah, I mean, I think there's you know potential hurdles in front of the Bengals in this game, particularly that defense. That Browns pass rush is going to be a problem for opposing teams this year. Obviously, we know Miles Garrett, but the additions that they made in this offseason to that defensive front, the Browns are going to be able to get after the quarterback. And we are talking about, like you said, Joe Burrow with that calf injury. It looks like he's going to go, but how limited is he when you've got Smith, when you've got Isaiah McGuire, who they added in the fourth round? That's going to be a very good pass rush from Cleveland. So I think they could give the Bengals some problems. You know, the questions about the Browns come on the offensive side of the ball. What do we see from Deshaun Watson year two in Cleveland? Looked rusty, didn't quite seem to have that offense under his belt when he played at the end of last season. Does he take that step forward, like you said? I think it might take some time even into the season. So I do think Cincinnati wins this one. But that Browns pass rush is going to be a problem. And it may be a problem for Burrow, depending on what that calf injury is like and if he's fully 100%. How good are the Vikings going to be? I mean, obviously their defense is still in question. They uh, get rid of Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. So where is this offense as they face the Buccaneers at U.S. Bank Stadium come Sunday? I think the offense is going to be very good. You know, Jordan Jeff- I mean, Justin Jefferson, excuse me, one of the most dynamic playmakers in the game, one of the best wide receivers in the game. Now you add in Jordan Addison. That's going to be a very good passing game. I think, like you sort of alluded to, the questions come on the defensive side of the ball. They've had some departures on the defensive side of the ball. They're looking to probably start in the rookie corner, third-round pick Makai Blackman at one of those cornerback spots. This is going to be a man-heavy, blitz-heavy defense under Brian Flores. That's what they're going to want to do. And when you're rolling out question marks in the secondary to do that, you better be able to get home up front. Otherwise, guys are probably going to be open and quarterbacks are going to have opportunities for explosive plays against those kind of looks. If that takes, if that settles in, if that defense rounds into form, if they create some turnovers, if they get some pressure, then this could be a good team. But I think it's going to take some time for that to come together. I like them this weekend. Obviously, Tampa Bay has a lot of questions on both sides of the ball, starting with the quarterback situation with Baker Mayfield. But as far as the Vikings this year, it really comes down to what they get on the defensive side of the ball. It was a liability for them last year, even though they were able to get to the playoffs. If it's still a liability, it might be too much for that offense to overcome. Uh, another noon game, and I'm fascinated by this one. The 49ers, they get rid of Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's their guy coming off of what we thought was going to be at least a year-long elbow injury, and it hasn't been against a very questionable, I guess, question mark-filled team when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers and how good they're going to be. But San Francisco's on the road, and no Nick Bosa in this one because he also is trying to work out a contract with the 49ers. So give me your thoughts. First and foremost, Mark, I've said, and you tell me if my perception is correct, but it seems like guys that hold out, guys that have contract disputes, guys that you know wait in the offseason and wait through camp for money, when they come back ultimately – and everybody expects them to play, just kind of pick up where they left off, they usually don't. It usually becomes such a distraction that something else happens and they don't have nearly the uh, the 
the ability and or the results that they've had in years prior. So that tells me that maybe the 49ers should not be the favorite in the NFC or one of the top two or three in the NFC. Yeah, Bill, I don't know if it's a function of, you know, we're, we're getting into the final days before the season starts and people like me are starting to overthink and re-overthink things. But I've really talked myself into Pittsburgh in this game. And it's been a process that's unfolded over the entire offseason. Even after the draft, I looked at what the Pittsburgh Steelers were potentially putting together, adding Washington out of Georgia, giving them that potential two tight end package, which I think a lot of teams are going to lean into. And then you see Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. That chemistry is still in place. You know, I know a lot of people have talked about the sort of, quote, perfect preseason Pickett had with his passer rate and everything. But that offense seems like it's coming together. We know that defense is going to be good. So as I've been talking myself into the Steelers, I then take a step back, look at the Niners, and you've got Purdy coming back off of the injury, which, like you said, sometimes sidelines quarterbacks for a lot longer than a couple of months. You've got the Bosa situation, and I think you're right. You know, he may very well come back and have a solid year, but it's going to take some time. Then you have West Coast team coming east. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I like the Steelers in this one. I, and I do too. I, 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 because I, the way the Steelers ended their season last year, I thought they at least finished strong with something to build on. So we'll see. I, I want to get to the other game that fascinates me. That's the Raiders and the Broncos. The Raiders, obviously, new quarterback. They get rid of Derek Carr. Devontae Adams has got an eyebrow raised. You're looking for Garoppolo to do something. Josh McDaniels is, in my opinion, an awful head coach against a head coach that's been very outspoken, very blunt and uh, trying to get a reclamation project with Russell Wilson in Denver. So many interesting things in that contest. So many interesting things. And you you mentioned Josh McDaniels. You know, he's actually at the podium. He's been at the podium earlier this morning saying that Chandler Jones is not with the team, causing a private and a personal matter. It, It sounds like a rocky situation with the Raiders right now. You know, that's where the Broncos... What are you going to get out of Russell Wilson here in year two in Denver? I think they're going to run the ball a lot. You know, there were rumblings that, you know, they perhaps were in on the Jonathan Taylor situation and they were one of the teams that was calling around to see if a deal can get done. It seems like they're going to lean into the running game, maybe lead into the play-action passing game a little bit. A lot of teams, both of these teams, I think, have a lot of question marks. I think more question marks reside with the Raiders and how McDaniels has sort of had this, two-year process unfold what are you going to see from garoppolo there are some corners of raiders nation that are calling for aiden o'connell their mid-round rookie quarterback to get some starts maybe even start early in people earlier in the season than people might expect but i think denver wins this game i don't think it's going to answer the questions that either team is facing i think the true test for denver is going to be going forward how do they compare against the chiefs and the chargers in that division more than the raiders but i do like denver in this one the uh, divisional game, the Cowboys start off on the road. They are the Sunday night game taken on the Giants. And uh, we were talking about it earlier today that uh, the article came out in CBS that Mike McCarthy's uh, out of the top eight coaches on the hot seat. They say he's right in there at maybe third, fourth, or fifth. And uh, he needs to get wins. And Dak Prescott has vowed not to turn the ball over. How much pressure on the Cowboys to get off to a fast start? They're under a ton of pressure. I mean, when you're talking about the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, pressure comes with the territory. But that only gets ramped up given what's happened the past couple of years and 
you know, how there have been some that believe that that team has sort of not lived up to expectations, you know, getting to the playoffs, sure, but then getting knocked out by the Niners each of the past two seasons, for example. And there were even rumblings. I remember you and I having conversations last year about, you know, is McCarthy going to survive the season? What happens if they get bounced, you know, and they don't make the playoffs or they get bounced early? You know, I think he is certainly on the hot seat. Dak Prescott is going to be under the microscope, not only just being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but the contract and even the Trey Lance trade that's led to some rumblings that, you know, maybe they're going to have an eye on Lance for what he could do potentially as a starter in the future. And so there's certainly pressure on those two individuals to perform. I do think Dallas wins this game. I think that the Giants perhaps were a year ahead of schedule. Not too many people expected them to make the playoff run that they did last year. Even Joe Shane, the general manager before last year began said, look, this is the hand we were dealt. They had to do a lot to get out from under a difficult cap position. You know, they made some additions, which I like, Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt. But what does that offense look like in year two under Brian Dable? Teams are going to have more of a game plan and an idea and a blueprint on how they're going to use Daniel Jones. And I love Dallas's defense. I think they're going to cause, cause some problems Sunday night for the Giants. So I like Dallas Sunday night. But you're right. McCarthy, Prescott, that entire organization, almost top to bottom, under a ton of pressure this year. You've got the Monday night game, the Bills on the road, taking on the Jets, Aaron Rodgers coming out of the tunnel at MetLife, and we all know the crowd's going to be electric. It's going to be a much-anticipated night ever since he uh, announced he was going to the New York Jets, and they made that deal. I still think uh, it very well could be Josh Allen and company spoiling the night for the New York Jets and their fans and Aaron Rodgers. Do you? I absolutely do, Um, and – you know, I, I think ever since Rodgers made, the, you know, the move was made where he joined the Jets ever since this game was announced, a lot of people sort of had this one circled on their calendar, sort of the game of the week and week one. And yes, expectations are high in New York with the Jets, but I, I'm not ready to sort of close the book on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills just yet. You know, this is a team that I think is still in a window to contend, not just in the division, but in the AFC writ large. I think what happened with the way their season sort of ended last year with the DeMar Hamlin situation, that's a lot for a team, for a locker room to sort of overcome, to sort of galvanize together and play in the wake of that. They had the emotional game, the regular season finale against New England, but certainly didn't end the way they wanted to in the playoffs. That was a lot for that team to overcome. He's back on the team now. He's made the roster. I think that's sort of, they've got some distance from it. And it's still a very good offense. Josh Allen is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I do think that they're going to go into what will be, like you said, an electric MetLife Stadium and spoil this Rodgers breakout party. Then the game that uh, we're all paying attention to, the Packers on the road taking on the Bears. Now, there's a lot of different storylines to all of this, as we understand. But we talked yesterday about the pressure. And I said, on one hand, when Aaron Rodgers said, I own you, for any other quarterback to come in behind him and fail to the Chicago Bears, you, there's that pressure. I mean, you you got to own him just like Favre did, just like Rodgers did. However, I think this is where the Bears fans kind of feel like they've got to get a win because the black cloud is lifted, Hall of Fame quarterback play is gone, and they have an opportunity. If they don't win this game, then they got to feel like they're just beating their head on a, on a wall at this point. So if I had to say the pressure is on, it's on more the Justin Fields and the Bears than it would be on the Packers with a uh, you know first-time starter under center quarterback, so to speak. Do you agree? I do agree with that. And, you know, I could sense it. My dear friend and colleague, Ricky O'Donnell at SB Nation, he's a Bears fan. And, 
He's been talking about this game for a number of months now, just saying, look, you know, we don't, Bears don't win this game. Never going to hear the end of it. You know, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has sort of dominated this, this rivalry during his time in Green Bay. This is now game one post Rodgers. This is an opportunity for a team in Chicago that their fans believe Justin Fields is going to take the next step. There's excitement about what DJ Moore might mean for that offense. There's excitement about both sides of the ball. You know, there's a belief that, look, this is going to be our year. Our window is here to start making some noise in this division, and it has to start with a win against the rivals of Green Bay Packers. Green Bay goes into Chicago and wins this game. That changes the dynamic. And, I, you know, you go on Twitter, you go on X, social media, threads, whatever website you're, you're doing your social media stuff on these days, and you see Bears and Packers fans, they've been going at each other for weeks now leading up to this game. I, I think there's an excitement about this one. And I think with good reason there's excitement for this game, but I'm ag- I agree with you. The pressure's more on Chicago's side. From Green Bay's perspective, it's a road game. You know, year one of just Jordan Love, what does that look like? So I think they're playing with a little bit more house money. But in the end, I do think Green Bay goes in and wins this one. Mark, always good stuff. Great to talk to you. Breakdown week one of the NFL. Should be a lot of fun, and we'll talk again next week, okay? Great stuff, my friend. Always a pleasure, Bill. We'll talk next week. Enjoy the game. Appreciate it. Absolutely. There you go. That's our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. And great to talk with him. And we're talking football. We're talking week one. It all gets underway tomorrow night. And uh, great stuff. Great stuff. By the way, for those asking over on uh, on the, the, the live stream about when did David Bakhtiari actually get hurt, he got hurt on uh, New Year's Eve 2020 in practice. He tore the ACL on New Year's Eve 2020 in practice, just so you know. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you again. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by the ICHC, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. They've got some great entertainment coming up all throughout the, uh, the fall and holiday season. Then the night before St. Patrick's Day, we are going to be there. You can join us. Cynthian is coming to town and if you talk about a rocking uh, group of guys that uh, you know play kind of a rock country cajun mix of irish music man it's fantastic and i would get your tickets to that now as well go to ichc.net that's ichc.net on 2133 west wisconsin avenue great place and if you want to go there for a concert a wedding you need it for a meeting space even some dance hall opportunities they have it Call my buddy Corey, 414-345-8800, 414-345-8800. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Water Sports Bar and Grill. You catch the Packers game. Maybe you catch a Brewers game on a Saturday. Just sit there and watch it. Good food in the diamond room. Maybe you stay upstairs in the lounge. Whatever it may be. Or maybe just go up and relax. You unplug a little bit. You sit on the island. 
right in the middle of the Muscano Island. That is the Four Seasons Island Resort. Call our girl Barb for 15% off. You use uh, the name of the show. You say, I heard it on the Bill Michael Show. Michael's 15 is what they call it. You get 15% off. Uh, call them, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Again, 715-938-5110. And to get a hold of Barb, and uh, it's, it's a tremendous place. I, I'm looking forward to getting back up. As a matter of fact, my son is, uh, I believe it's next week or the week after that he's going up. And uh, that's that was his gift uh, because he wanted to go there, so it's, it gave him the weekend for his honeymoon which he got married a little over a year ago, but uh, he that's where he wanted to go. So he's finally getting a good chance to, to take it and head up there. So good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. Want to hear from you. The Brewers right now leading 3-1, to one, bottom of the third in that contest. Freddie Peralta on the hill. And uh, we'll keep you up to date as that continues on, Cubs play at 1-20 this afternoon. About an hour from now, they get underway against San Francisco. Brewers hanging on to that two-and-a-half game lead in that contest or in that uh, race as well. 877-867-1670. Um, this one's from Jaden. Jaden uh, says, uh, I believe the Packers are going to be a better team than the Chicago Bears, but I think it's going to be far-fetched to see if they're going to be actually contending for the division. What are your thoughts? Um, no, I – look – I said from the very beginning, seven, eight wins, maybe nine, but I don't think they're contending for the division. And I, we, this is the time of year you, you get caught up in it. You know, you get caught up in thinking about the talent they have. Well, what if Jordan Love can be good? You know, what if Jordan Love's the guy? What if he can play? What if, what if Jordan Love is the real deal? You know, and he's going to be able to take over where and Rodgers left off. And what if Jordan Love's got it? Okay. I can give you that. What if he doesn't? You know, what if he doesn't? What if Jordan Love isn't the guy? Then what? Then you got to start asking some questions, you know, about what uh, this team could possibly do. I, there's a lot of talent on the team. I don't, I don't discount that. There's a lot of talent over there. But I also know that, you know, with this team and what they have and that you got to have a – you got to have a quarterback to lead you. You got to have somebody that's going to be able to lead you. So, I don't know. Uh, I – I, I personally think that they're still an eight to nine win team. I think that's maybe a little far fetched, but seven, eight wins somewhere in there. Nine if they get lucky. Six if a, a couple of things go in their direction that are that are negative. Um, but that that's kind of where I believe they're at. Not a, not a whole lot better than that. But if you look at the talent on the team, like I said, you get kind of this year. This is the time of year you get kind of caught up in. Okay, we'll say Christian Watson takes the next step, along with Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed happens to be the real deal, and Luke Musgrave, he's the tight end that everybody expected he would be, coming back from the injury from last season and the season prior. And, you know, the offensive line's intact, so why can't they open up holes for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and 
Emmanuel Wilson. You know, I mean, you start to think about the offense really being able to move the football. And if if Jordan Love takes the checkdowns and he doesn't hang on to it and he's not looking just for Devontae Adams, then the offense is going to move a lot better. And then you've already got a pretty solid defense. It's going to be accentuated by guys like Colby Wooden and T.J. Slayton. If he takes that next step, next step forward, you've got a healthy Preston Smith, a healthy Devondre Campbell, the second year from Quay Walker. I mean, I can go on and on. Quay, uh, Rashawn Gary is coming back. And if he comes back even close to being what he was, then you rotate him in with, you know, Kingsley and Gabari and see what maybe Lucas Van Ness turns out to be. You start to go through that lead. You're thinking, why not? Why not the Packers? I just don't that, – that's a lot of what-ifs, and that's a lot of hope that it all comes together. You know? That's all. That's all I'm saying. 877-867-1670. Uh, uh, Trucker Greg says, the biggest preseason story that's not being talked about is Lucas Van Ness looks like a complete bust, he says. The guy sucked, couldn't do anything, uh, and looked totally lost. Without a doubt, should have drafted JSN and had an awesome core moving forward. Your thoughts? I think um, I'm going to give Lucas Van Esk because the same thing was said about Rashawn Gary. Moving him around. The same thing was th- said about Rashawn Gary. So I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see a season out of Lucas Van Ness. I think it's unfair to judge a guy on, what is it, 18 practices and three preseason games to say that he's a bust. He certainly looks the part. He certainly looks the part. But I've said all along, I, <laughs> you better hope he's not, you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane, you know. You hope that he's the real deal. That he just needs technique and some ability. They're just asking him to do something different. You know, you go from being a, you know, fingers on the ground type of D end where you're going to just basically bull rush guys to a guy that's being stood up on the outside. You're trying to get lower pad level. You're trying to get your leverage. And you're not doing it in a, you know, in the trenches, so to speak. So it's just a little bit different for him. And I'm not going to call him a bust yet. Not yet. But remember, it was two years before Rashawn Gary really began to pan out. And here's the other thing. If he is, it's going to be a shame. And the reason being, because it's going to take a while for them to uh, say, okay, we're not going to have a lot of a lot of belief in him, you know. I've got some Super Bowl odds when we come back. Got some Super Bowl odds when we come back. Some things have kind of changed around a little bit via Vegas and the odds to win the AFC and the NFC and such. Going to get into that. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show broadcasting live here. We're in uh, we're uh, we're in Wausau and we're here at Dwayne's Cover It All, but we're here because the cigar dinner is a little bit later on tonight. And it looks like, even though it's raining pretty good outside right now, it looks like the uh, the weather is at least going to break to where maybe the rain stops. Could be cloudy, could be a little cool, a little muggy, but for the most part, it looks like the rain should be stopping. Should be stopping. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome 
Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We are live today. We are in Wausau, Wisconsin, which is where you can find us. Pleasure to be here. Coming up tonight, we got a uh, cigar dinner. It is raining a little bit harder now. And uh, the cigar, I believe it's uh, one thirty today, is when uh, the uh, the golf outing is supposed to get underway. So they might push that back just a little bit. But uh, then after that, we have a cigar dinner outside. We have dinner and uh, hopefully a lot of fun. And uh, the rain holds off for a little while. So uh, hopefully it, it subsides here shortly. 877-867-1670, Um Let's uh, let's go real quick uh, to Green Bay. Mike Clemens standing by. Michael, how you doing, pal? Okay, so you got rain in north central Wisconsin, and we got it here in Green Bay. And I thought, I thought Lafleur might do this practice inside. He had the players warm up, but then they they took us outside and they started the drills because, you know, Lafleur he likes that consistency. He talks about a little adversity, whether it's in the rain or if it's ninety five degree heat or occasionally later in the season, maybe a cold day or something. So he's got him in a light rain. Uh, the forecast for Chicago for us when we go to Soldier Field goes, looks perfect. I mean, like mostly sunny and 72 for a high for a 325 kick, so that's good. Um, but we got a couple of guys missing out here today at practice. It's kind of stunning. Who we, uh, who we got missing? Well, you know, you go out on the field, and you're only going to get a, you know, kind of a blink, like a snapshot. So the first thing you're looking for is 69. I can't find David Bakhtiari out there. So it's like, yeah. okay, you know, Bakhtiari, he'll go on Thursdays, right? He'll go on Thursday, right. he'll rest him on Friday, and then he'll play on Sunday. Doing also, okay, all right. Then you see, uh, uh, you see Rashawn Gary out there, 52. And, you know, Matt LaFleur has told us that Rashawn Gary, they expect him to play coming back from the ACL, but, He'll be on a pitch count. You know, he's not going to play 60 snaps the first week. Maybe they bring him in on third down. Fine. Uh, then you start looking at, uh, you're looking for Romeo Dobbs, number 87, because he's been dealing with this hamstring. Can't find 87. Can't find nine. Can't find Christian Watson. And the word hmm. is, he's got a hamstring. So it's oh Wednesday, and you don't have Watson or Dobbs. Wow. That's, that's, man, you hope that, and was this anything that was like lingering throughout the end of training camp, Mike? No, I I mean, it must have happened last week. Dobbs has been going on now for a couple of weeks and they, you know, they rested him for the Seahawks game, but the Watson thing, you know, if it came up a little tender, they don't want, you know, it doesn't mean he won't play. But it's just like, come on, man. Meanwhile, you know, Matt Eberflus down there in Chicago, he announced they're 100% healthy. All 53 here are suiting up mm. for the Packers on Sunday. Wow. That's, uh, that's a little bit shocking. So, you know, you and I have talked about it. We were talking about it earlier today. What do you make of all this stuff going on with uh, David Bakhtiari? You know, uh, there's that clip that I uh, sent you last week, and – we kind of got into it with LaFleur, and I thought, is this guy having fun with words? And he said, it's fluid. Yeah, it's a fluid situation. No, it's it's fluid. And when you know that story that Bakhtiari, you know, put out, and he was also in the athletic, I think, in the last 24 hours, um, you know, the left knee is, is still apparently deciding, you know, and if it swells, 
God forbid that there's still fluid involved. Uh, four surgeries in 20 months, as he reminds you, that's the way it's going to be. But I guess good against, you know, you take him at his word. He's still the best option we've got a left tackle. And when he's out there, he's still awesome. But he's only been in 12 games since he tore that thing on New Year's Eve 2020. Right. 12 games, that's it. So, you know, we all said that maybe he doesn't need it on Wednesday and Thursday. He's there on Friday. Okay, so you get it. But, you know, God, you, you know, how much do you save the guy? I mean, how much do you look at saving the guy versus how much do you look at maybe the guy just uh, doesn't have the ability to hold up throughout the entire season, you know? Right, you know. So, in the meantime, it looked to me like it will probably still be like Rasheed Walker, number 63, six foot six, three twenty four, out of Penn State in his second year, that if for some reason Bakhtiari can't go game day, and that's that's a big maybe, uh, that they will stick with Walker. So the rest of that line with Elton Jenkins and Josh Myers and Runyon and looks like Zach Tom, they can fill out the rest of the offensive line. So here's the next thing. I mean, honey, seriously, you, if you don't have Watson or Dobbs week one for Jordan Love, what are you going to do? And it's Jaden Reed and it's, you know, Samari Torre and, uh, I mean, you know, Malik right. Keith. I mean, it, it gets really young really quick. Um, and then the tight end. So you got Luke Musgrave, rookie. You got Tucker Craft, Ben Sims. Now, that's an interesting story we haven't talked about since last week. But, you know, that's the story that you talk about, that um, if there's a team that they're deep at a certain situation, the Vikings are deep at four tight ends, all older guys, all veteran guys. They really like Ben Sims. But credit the Packers that they're watching those other teams and watching those depth charts and watching the preseason. And they see this Sims guy and say, you know, he's a, he's a rook, but, you know, he – he could play or can can develop. So Matt LaFleur calls him directly at 11.30, a half hour before he was supposed to go into the Vikings facility and sign his practice squad paperwork. And the Packers called him at 11.30 and got him to Green Bay. And he drove here for, in four hours from Minneapolis-St. Paul and signed on w- with the Packers. And so, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing you're looking for. That could be, you know, a return – for Adam Thielen, you know, all those years that Thielen was looked at by the Green Bay Packers but got signed first by the Vikings and ended up having a great career right. for Minnesota. But he could have been – maybe maybe that will turn around and, and be that kind of a story. And also at the tight end situation, you know, there's a, a number 49. Uh, they brought him back, Austin Allen. I kind of like the kid. Just in talking to him, 6'8", big kid. I think he's got pretty good hands. I don't think that he's a special teams guy like Tyler Davis uh, you know, developed into. So maybe that's what he needs to do if he's going to get up on the 53. And there's another tight end that was kind of off my radar screen. Oh, look at this. They've actually got him now listed as a fullback in today's roster. There's a kid named Henry Pearson out of Appalachian State, and he was an undrafted guy. And guess what? He's on their practice squad. Now, he even though he had a knee like in the last week or 10 days of camp, and I saw him doing rehab today, they still grabbed that kid. So that's one of these guys that could be like the next Alan Lazard story. Like, you know, nobody gave this kid a chance. They put him on the practice squad, and next thing you know, you know, by depreciation and changes at the top, he got on the field and ended up being a player. That's another guy to to keep an eye on 
because he was definitely not on my radar screen during training camp. Hey, Mike, I know there's been a lot made of the safety position. I wanted to ask you, do you see – how much have you seen of Eric Stokes, and is this something where he you just kind of believe that he's going to be down for, a, you know, the first four weeks and he's coming back, or do you think this is going to be a much longer-term thing? Yeah, um, Eric Stokes, he gets hurt on that same day where eight or nine players go down at Ford Field with a severe foot and knee injury. So they put him on PUP, like you say. They can't, you know, he can't play now for the next four games, and they can he can start practicing though. I think after week three in there. To me, uh, I imagine if the guy's got a speed, they just put him back there at a corner spot or maybe a dime guy. I don't know if he's a nickel guy. I don't know if he's really a safety guy. He's just, I mean, they brought him in to put him on your fastest more inexperienced receiver. Like, you know, I'd put Jair against uh, Dobbs, and I would put Stokes against Watson, you know, if you had to cover those guys. I think those would be good matchups that way. And that's what you hope that you can get Stokes back at as as a guy who can deal with speed because when he's healthy, he's supposed to be your fastest cornerback there. In the meantime, that helped, you know, Carrington Valentine, late late draft pick, uh, flash during camp and and, and get up there. At the safety position, I guess it's going to be Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens. Maybe one of these guys will surprise us. And action, in actual game situations, you know, flourish against the Bears. But I, I know that Luke Getze is going to be testing those safeties early and often on, on Sunday right down the middle. Um, and Darnell Savage, apparently he had an injury, but he was back on the practice field today. Well, that's at least some good news there. But, man, when you're missing your – your starting wide receivers, holy mackerel! Uh, this was always now. Now the other thing, Mike, is they're going to re- be relying a lot on the tight end position too. So, tell me real quick before we let you go. Give me the uh, the thoughts on Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Well, you know, I mean, Musgrave is. I think he could be just a, a great player because he comes from an NFL background. He's intelligent. He's honest. He's fearless. And, you know, still I thought one of the best quotes that I had all through training camp was a play that totally got botched. I think it was during one of the joint practice sessions, and it looked really bad. It looked No, actually it was the week after joint practice. And we say, hey, so what happened on that play? I mean, Jordan Love screwed up. He goes, no, no, it was me. It was me. I forgot to motion. And afterwards, Jordan let me know it and let me have it. Oh, that was on me. Okay. He said, but you know what? Two plays later, he comes back to me because he's a mature enough guy to not, you know, shut me out and shut me down and ignore me because I forgot something that made him look bad or his first-team offense look bad. He came right back to me, and, you know, I made a great catch for him, and we're, we're back in sync. So, you know, that's a great uh, – that's a tight end who's admitting he made a mistake. That's a guy who says, I'm playing for my quarterback, and that's, that's a guy letting you know the way that this young quarterback is leading the team right now. He's leading. He knows what the play is, and he's there to correct you. You can't ask more from a 24-year-old quarterback. Mike, great stuff as always, bud. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again uh, Friday. Friday as the Packers get ready to head out and head down to uh, Chicago on Saturday, okay? I'll have interviews from coaches and players from both teams to preview. uh, This uh, this is going to be a fun, huge prime game for the NFL big ratings game 
and it's going to be great to cover it. And we're going to be live down in Chicago. We'll be uh, down at the Sheridan Grand and the Shy Bar. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Billy. All right, bud. Talk to you. There you go. That's Mike Clemens, our own Mike Clemens, joining us for a couple of minutes. Live update from Packers training camp and uh, giving us the lowdown. Not Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, neither practicing today. Both uh, with uh, some soft tissue injury, which is never good. Never good. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Coming up. It's coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tom and the gang at Boondocks of Barbecue Burgers and Brews on County Road, Kane, Oconomowoc. Now, they've opened up their new store. At least it's opening up actually this weekend. And across the street from Boondocks on County Road, K. But uh, they did a great job. Uh, thanks so much for Tom for bringing a food truck out and helping us out at the uh, the, the poker run this past uh, Sunday. And to just be in there. And uh, I know it was a great option for many of the riders that were there. If they didn't want to eat inside, they sat outside, and, and Boondocks was there to help us out. So thanks to them so much. Great food, great place. Uh, I highly recommend stopping in, and uh, we will definitely be doing a show or two uh, there over the uh, next uh, you know short period of time. But uh, thanks to Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews for being a part of the motorcycle ride this past weekend. Um. The uh, Jason said, I don't know what happened to Watson. Hamstrings seem to be a part of that position. But remember, that's what kept him out last year. Remember that? He did not practice uh, a lot of training camp because of the hamstring. And then he got back. He was back. I don't know how many weeks he was back. And then he went down with the injury again. And uh, then there was uh, an ankle injury, and Dobbs had an injury, and Samari Torrey had an injury, and it just it never got rhythmic. It just never did. And uh, it just – now if you got both him and Romeo Dobbs down, that leaves you – when you start to talk about the, the, the wide-out position, that doesn't leave you with much. You know, you've got Jaden Reed, Samari Torrey, Malik Heath, Dontavian Wicks, Pretty much everybody's unproven. So Mark Torre was a second-year guy. Wicks and Jaden Reed, first-year guy. Malik Heath, first-year guy. And that's it. Musgrave, first-year guy. Tucker Craft, first-year guy. Wow. That is just uh, – that's wild. That's just wild that, 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 that those two – now, it could be just a precautionary thing. You want to make sure they're good to go. But, you know, you're not practicing on a Wednesday. That's – okay, maybe you're getting a little bit of treatment. They don't want you to hit or they don't want you to go through the semi-padded practice, you know, whatever, but that's that's relatively – Bakhtiari, we understand. We know we understand. But Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, that's not good. 877-867-1670. Uh, when we come back, got a plethora of things coming up in this hour. We got what have we missed coming up at the end of the show today, uh, less than an hour from now. Also, we'll get into some other 
NFL topical stuff. But we got three hours down. We got another one yet to go. We're broadcasting live. We're in Wausau. Dwayne's cover it all for the time being, but we're going to be over the golf course a little bit later on this evening and uh, have a cigar dinner coming up uh, tonight. I don't know if we're going to get the golf in, though, man. It's uh, it's not light lightening up. It's still coming down pretty steady, pretty heavy. Not that we don't need it. God knows we need it, but steady and heavy is what it is right now. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. We'll be back right after this.